Hey everyone, I'm Gracie and welcome back to the Graceful Military Child Podcast. The world should know how unique military children are. We may look like normal children on the outside, but we go through some pretty extraordinary circumstances that shape us to the leaders we are today. I am super excited to continue on with our No Greater Sacrifice series, sharing the stories of military children whose loved ones were critically wounded or fallen in action. I hope you find inspiration from these scholars that just because a traumatic situation may happen, you are still able to achieve your hopes and dreams. Hi, Abby. Welcome to the podcast. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you for having me on. Yes, I'm super excited. Tell me a little bit about your dad. We already know a little bit from your sisters, but just tell me a little bit about kind of your side of the story then. Okay, definitely. So I was pretty young, so I don't actually remember most of the actual injury, but my dad was in the military. He got injured in Iraq and he lost both his legs above the knee. So he's a bilateral amputee. And now he is retired and still working as a consultant. So super inspiring and just overall great dude. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And, you know, even though you were still young when the injury happened, you still have to live through that with that, you know, I guess trauma today. So what is that like? Definitely. Um, I think that going through something like that is something you will never be able to predict, like everything that comes out of it until it just happens to you. Um, Just because there's so many different aspects of your life that change. So um, I know we definitely do like to look at it as more of like a positive thing and make it a positive thing because it's not all negative. And um, there's so many great things that have come out of that, that would have like never happened if he hadn't lost his legs. So I don't think I would change it for the world, but, um, just things that you wouldn't normally think about. Like we don't get to go on beach vacation trips with him. Cause like sand and beach areas aren't very accessible for him. Um, he wasn't able to come to a lot of my, uh, I played volleyball and like competitively danced in high school. So he wasn't able to come to all of my tournaments and competitions just because they weren't accessible. And those are just things you wouldn't normally think of. Normal people don't walk into a building and look for a ramp to get in or look and see how many stairs there are to get in. Um, but once it happens, it's definitely something you just always think of like when you go somewhere, but definitely not a negative thing. So many more positive things. Yeah. And that's a good way to look at it because there are those events uh, such as those tournaments and competitions where it's not as accessible for anyone who has a disability. It can be hard to get in and get out and move around. And like you said, with the beach, we don't go to the beach often, even though we live in Florida, because, you know, the red tide and my dad has. Um, open wounds so that's Mm -hmm. infection risk yeah and the sand is hard to walk on you know for someone normal and then you add the (laughs) disability on top of it definitely Yeah. yeah it can be hard and can be a struggle but it's important to look at it in the positive you know oh for sure yeah definitely so tell me a little bit about how you take these 
I guess, harder times and turn them into a positive situation? Do you have specific ways that, you know, you guys use to do that? Yeah, um, probably not the best way for everyone, but I feel like we make just jokes about it all the time. Um, my dad does. Uh, I do. <laughs> I make TikToks. I wouldn't say making fun of him, but just like funny TikToks about the situation, just about him not having legs. And um, I guess to some people like watching them or seeing them, they would be like, oh my gosh, that's awful. But it's like just, it's so normal for us that that's how I feel like we just kind of move on and get over it. Um, like he makes the jokes. I make the jokes. I'm not laughing at him. I'm laughing with him. <laughs> and I just think, I think it's more fun that way. I don't, I think just life in general is taken too seriously sometimes. So I think especially with that, we just have fun with it. I mean, it's what else are you going to do? You're not going to sit there and just be sad about it forever. <laughs> Yeah, you can only do that for so long. Only so many, you know, tears to cry, hard days. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you still get those. Oh, yeah, for sure. Those days, those moments. But it's more important to, you know, find light in the situation. And make those jokes. And, you know, we do it all the time in this house, too. We make make fun of him. Yeah. You know, but he does it too. Like, he's laughing at himself. We're laughing at him. Like, we're laughing with him. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I literally make it this whole thing with, like, when my friends start meeting him and I get, like, really close with my friends, I'm like, I want them to make a joke about him. Like, because everybody else is, like, (laughs) uncomfortable by it. But, like, we all think it's so funny. And so, like, when they make a joke, I'm like, oh, yes, I've converted you. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point, too, because a lot of people, you know, look at our families and look at the situations we've been through. I'm like, how are you not, Yeah. like, sad or, you know, so depressed about this? No, you have to make light of it. Yeah, definitely. The first, um, have you ever seen Dolphin Tale? Yes. So, okay, that was the last movie we saw as a family before Dad got hurt. (laughs) And um, he was on the phone with Mom one day and said, if a dolphin can do it, I can do it. And that was in, like, Germany. He was on so many medications so he doesn't even remember saying it that is so fun but mom was like that's how I'm gonna tell the girls what happened yeah like because she didn't know yeah, how she definitely. tell an eight and nine year old <laughs> dad doesn't have a leg anymore <laughs> like that's not something you yeah you know that's not something you would ever want to do but she told us that you know just how winter lost her tail while dad lost his leg and you know we cried and we were like sad about it for a second and then one of the first things we said after that was, oh, my gosh, dad is going to get a flipper. <laughs> like, just like winter, get a flipper. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. So just moments like those of finding light in the situation and making it happier and, you know, taking hard moments and making them brighter is what you have to do in these situations. Definitely. Yeah. So do you remember any of experiences as a military child prior to the incident honestly not very many I don't have even very many memories just like of him with legs like nothing to do with the military I have very like brief like random ones like 
we used to have this giant hill outside of our house. And like, I remember he used to like put me on his shoulders and we'd like run up and down the hill. And that is like what I think of in my mind when I think of him with legs. Like that's like the only activity I can remember him doing like with legs, which is like really weird to think about. Um, Cause like, it's almost like I obviously knew him, but it's almost like I didn't know him with legs. Like that's so crazy yeah. to think about, but I don't really remember much. I don't know. I was pretty young, but I don't know. How exactly old were you? I was in first grade, I think. Oh, really young. First or second. First or just starting second, but yeah, pretty young. <laughs> yeah. So like probably about 15 years ago now. Yeah, definitely. Since it happened. Yeah. Wow. So you've known... I mean, known your dad without legs way longer than you've known him with legs. Yeah, literally probably like 80% of my life. (laughs) Yeah, and that's, I mean, it's weird to grow up in a situation like that because you have to, if you're older, of course, you have to kind of retrain your mind to okay, like this is a different situation now. This is a different world. But at such a young age, you're like, okay. Yeah. Like there's even things he just like says now that like I went to Six Flags the other week and I like came home and was talking about going to Six Flags. And I don't even remember what I was talking about. I was talking about like somewhere that you like wait in line. And he's like, oh, you get to choose your seat on the roller coaster. Like if you want to sit in the front or the back. And I was like, yeah. Well, like you've been able to do that for years. And he was like, Oh, like when I went on roller coasters, they just like told you to go in and sit down. And I was yeah. like, and he was like, it's probably been like 10 years since I've ridden a roller coaster. And I was like, yeah, that's insane. Like that is crazy. Roller coasters <laughs> have so many stipulations on it that mm-hmm. people don't even think about Yeah, that, you know, you have to have so many lower limbs or so many limbs in general to even ride it. Yeah. When he said that, though, I was like, that's so weird. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen your dad ride a roller coaster? Oh, yeah. When yeah. I was little, little. Because <laughs> he used to have to, like, hold me down in the roller coaster when I was scared. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> not Make after sure you don't that. fly out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Having, it's a whole different world trying to navigate a theme park with a disability. Yeah. Such a different world. I was going to say, we don't even really try to do that one. (laughs) Not with him. (laughs) Yeah, places like Six Flags are not accessible. Mm -mm, Not at all. (laughs) Yeah. We did um, Universal, and even the rides where he could ride, they're all motion rides, so his TBI starts going. Oh, like, yeah. And so it's just not a good situation. That's mm. why we always do Disney. Yeah. It's so I much was easier. Say, like, most of the roller coasters I just went to at Six Flags had, like, 25 steps to even get into them or something right. like that. It's like, you wouldn't even think about that before, but I'm like, he could not go on that. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, my dad has one leg still, but even... You know, in that, it's still hard to get up the stairs. Mm -hmm. You can't just pick up a leg that has a prosthetic on it. You normally would pick up your own leg. Definitely. (laughs) You cannot. Yeah. And, like, my dad would 
we'd used to go to Kalahari, which is a huge indoor water park. And we used to go there, no, maybe probably about at least once a year, a couple times a year when we were growing up. And now we look back at pictures at that and we're like, we can't really go back. Yeah. It's such a different world. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about kind of growing up in a family that's, you know, experienced some hardship. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, for sure. <laughs> yeah you don't once you put some sort of change in a child's routine mm -hmm. it throws them all off yeah for sure yeah and that was and a traumatic change <laughs> it was your mom was gone you know your dad was gone and so that's one change enough and then you take your other parent out then it's like yeah, you don't definitely. even have I mean you had your sisters which was some sort yeah. of stability but you didn't have not any... the same as a mom. Exactly. And Audrey yeah. is not, you know, your mom. Yeah. <laughs> she played some sort of a role, but she's not your mom. It's not mm -hmm. the same still. Definitely. So what was it like kind of transferring into like middle school and high school and making friends, having your dad with a disability? Like, was that strange to say like, hey, my dad was in the military, he's hurt now, he doesn't have any, like, did you do that kind of an introduction? Um, I probably should have, but I felt like <laughs> I just kind of left it to, like, surprise! Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, I, obviously, like, not everybody knew, but, like, I was, I also am, like, pretty open about it, like, when I say it in conversation, I think people are, like, shocked, because, like, yeah. if it comes up in conversation, I'm just like, 
yeah, my dad doesn't have legs. And they're like, huh? And I'm like, like, wait, rewind a second. I'm like, oh, yeah, sorry. Like, that's not normal. (laughs) But sometimes I would just say in conversation or we'd just be talking about it. And other times, I think a lot of it in middle and high school, too, though, kind of was easier for me. Um, I didn't really have to make like an introduction to that because I played sports. So my dad would come to my sporting like events. So then like after the games, people would be like, Oh my God, is that your dad? And I'd be like, yeah, surprise. (laughs) That's the surprise there at the sporting events. Definitely. Like when he would just come and like sit in the front, because obviously he's not going to go up in the stands, he'd like roll in and he was like also like super loud. So like he'd be like (laughs) cheering and I'd be like, oh my gosh. But yeah, that was kind of how I think I introduced most of my friends to that is I'd be like, oh yeah, that's my dad. He's here watching me. And they'd be like, oh, okay. And I'd be like, yeah, he doesn't have legs. (laughs) (laughs) By the way. Yeah, just as a little added bonus. Yeah. Do you had did you have any friends that kind of I guess were a little weary at at that or did they just accept it? Yeah, I think they just accepted it. I think people were weary more about asking questions. They were nervous to like ask or didn't want to like stare for too long or something. Yeah. Even like some of my best friends when they like figure it out like they'll ask me questions like weeks after meeting him and I'll be like I know you've been thinking like you could just ask me like I don't care it's okay Um, yeah but I think there no one like was weary about the actual like injury more just about like they wanted to know about it but didn't want to be rude and I'm like it's not rude at all like you could seriously just ask me okay yeah like it's that's what we say the children like elementary age they have no filter, so they just ask yeah. anyways. <laughs> where like the adults and even teenagers are like, you know, they're so weirded out by it mm-hmm. and they either stare or they don't ask questions. Mm-hmm. And you know, they're not I think it's a learning experience. Yeah, sure. I agree. And I I mean that's like whenever you go into public though with them and then like this goes with anyone that just like has anything like something different about them when like moms and are walking and their little kids are staring and they're like, stop staring. It's like, yes. no, it's not, it's not a big deal. Just like he, let them. Yeah. Or like, like when they try to ask a question, mm-hmm. I'm like, there's, of course they're going to be curious. This is not something you see every day. Like, yeah, <laughs> we were walking around the PX at Fort Sam one day and there was a little a little boy, probably about four or five years old, I don't remember exactly, but he was in the cart, like in the little seat, and his dad was pushing him, and the little boy just screamed out, he has a robot leg, <laughs> and his dad was like, shh, yeah. like, no, and he started moving away, and we we're like, that's the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Like, when like, just did random, just random things like that do happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they want to know. They want to, they just, I mean, it's something new. You don't see it every day. Definitely. You don't learn about it's, it in school. And it's very intriguing. It's like, if I saw someone with robot legs, like my dad has on, I would want to know, like, w- like what they do. Like, I think that's so cool. It's not coming from a place of, like, being, like, rude or disrespectful. It's like, I'm so interested in learning about that. I think that's so cool. Like, if I didn't have somebody around me like that, I don't know. 
Yeah, we always think it's more rude and disrespectful when you're like, like, you know, taking the child out of that situation or, I mean, we get the staring, like, just Mm -hmm. don't overly stare, like, don't get awkward in that sense. Or when you don't ask questions where you're like, what are you doing? Like, yeah, you know, this is something different. Like, ask the questions, like, get the information, you know, who knows if, you know, I mean, even on a military base, like, who knows if someone's going to deploy and come back injured? Like, come on. Yeah, it's just so, it's a whole new world when you add that on top of it. For sure. (laughs) So, we met through No Greater Sacrifice, and, I mean, we knew your dad when we lived in Texas, but we didn't meet the rest of you guys, so we finally got to meet you guys um, in June. So, tell Mm -hmm. me a little bit about how you got involved with No Greater Sacrifice, and kind of what their their mission means to you? So I got involved, obviously, when my dad got hurt, but I kind of feel like I was like, um, I was so young, obviously. So like, I just kind of came into it like with my sisters. I don't really remember like us like getting it or anything, but I do remember just like being told like, oh, it'll always be covered. Like college is there. Like it's an option regardless of your situation obviously so amazing it's a great like company or it's a great um nonprofit. like that's an amazing thing to do um but I think the coolest thing for me has been um I was so little when it started and when I was so young um we went to all their like galas and events and stuff we went to a ton of them so I think it's been so cool though starting off so young and growing up I have heard from these people every year, like every couple months, you know? And it's, so it's not just this thing where it's like, I was eight or nine, maybe 10, whenever we first started going to their events. And now I'm going to college and I'm 18, 19 years old. There hasn't been like a year where I haven't heard from them. Just, they don't just wait till you're 18 and 19 and be like, okay, where do you want to go to college? Let's do this. They have been so much more than just, um, like these, like, just so much more than just like paying for my college. They've been mentors. They've been there, like learn, like keeping up with my life. I've been, they've been great mentors for me now too, especially now that I am going to college, but it's not just this thing where it's like, you're 10 years old and you're awarded this now that you're 19. Like now they start like caring and like, like being more involved in your life. It's like, they have been involved through every year of my life growing up like there's so much more than just an organization they're like basically a part of our family um and it's just like it's like a super cool experience because obviously they're gifting you something so great like paying for your college is amazing but now you've also gained so much like greater relationships out of this like people that are going to be like lifelong um members of basically my family (laughs) yeah I think that's a great way to describe it. They don't just, you know, meet you, say, hey, we're going to pay for your college. Here's a scholarship. Come back to us in 10 years when you're ready. They don't do that. They're there the entire way. They're there through every step of the process. You need something. They're there for you. Um, Rebecca always says it's a club you never want to be a part of because, you know, who wants (laughs) to be a part of it? (laughs) But it's the coolest nonprofit organization out there 
Mm-hmm. Like I agree. They, they adopt you as part of their family. And, you know, if you need something outside of school even, you're like, hey, I need some help in this, you know, aspect of my life. Do you have anything that could help? If they can't help you, they'll, like, resource you out to somewhere else that can Definitely. help you. Definitely. They've been so awesome and so gracious not to only to provide for these kids' colleges, but, you know, be mentors to them and, you know, be lifelong family members, like you said. Yeah, I agree. 100%. Great people. Yes, for sure. I agree. So tell me a little bit where you're going to college, what your hopes and dreams are for the future, where you're going. Okay. So I am transferring to TCU in the fall. I went to SFA last year um, to play volleyball, but I'm going to TCU full-time student now. I am planning on majoring in business and um, I'm thinking about doing accounting. Uh, I like numbers. I like math. So I feel like that'd be a good job. Um, But that is just like a thought I'm having, but that's, I'm pretty sure that's what I want to do. And I'm going to rush. I'm going to join a sorority once I'm there and just, I'm excited to just go, um, to a little bit of a bigger city and just expand, like meeting people and stuff. I'm just really excited to be transferring there. Yeah, that's exciting. And yeah, accounting sounds good for numbers. I'm not a math person. Yes. So. <laughs> I love math. Uh, I took up to pre-cal and I'm done now. <laughs> I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> I love math. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, I'm good at it. It's not that I'm terrible at math. I just prefer not to do it. That's fair. I'm a science girl. Science or... Probably English. I like writing. Things like I like that. English. Yeah. What kind of experiences do you think the military has taught you that's going to, I guess, lead to your future and help influence you in the way you do things? Um, so I'd say like an obvious one would just be like working hard. And just my dad was always just like such a hard worker in and out of the military, obviously. But um, super inspiring for that case. But then I think more than that, um, something you wouldn't necessarily like think of first, I think, when you think of the military, but something I feel like I've gained the most from is um, being just positive in every circumstance of your life, like regardless of where you're at. Um, when my dad was injured, like he could have just like retired and just not gave gave up and just lived life and not really had a job just you know used his injury or whatever to just sit around but I mean he continued to work hard he stayed in the military for a little bit retired and was just so positive in every like aspect of his life regardless of the situation is not something you control so I think it was just learning to be grateful and just happy regardless of where you're currently at or where you're planning on going. Yeah, I do think that the military does teach you that in a sense, you know, not directly when you think of military kids or military in general, like you think resiliency and just, Mm -hmm. you know, bravery, things like that. Um, 
hardworking, you know, you think of all what can be seen from the outside, what's very visible, but positivity is a huge thing that I do think the military teaches you um, in all circumstances. Um, you know, there's incidents where you lose um, a fellow soldier or airman or a sailor and you have to, you know, keep going. You can't just stop there and say, okay, I'm done. You know, I've seen enough in the military. I'm out now. Like, we're going to go do something else. Definitely. Um, and same with an injury. Like, you can't, I mean, you can, but you still have a life to live. Like, there's more, you know, there's more to do. You have more of, um, you have something bigger to do. So I think that the military is very, very good at teaching positivity as well. What kind of things do you think you would have had differently if the injury wouldn't have happened or if your dad wasn't even in the military? What do you think experiences you would have had different? Well, I definitely know that if the injury had not happened, I would have probably moved a million more times from Texas. Um, we, I'm pretty sure it was originally we were going to move. Um, and then when he got injured, he had to stay stationed here. And obviously he wasn't even here for part of that time. He was in DC and then San Antonio, but we stayed stationed here. And then, um, he ended up just like, obviously he worked for a little bit longer in the military and then ended up retiring. So he, but like, if he had not gotten injured, we were set to move and we would probably move five or six more times. And now I've lived in Texas. I was born in Missouri. I think I lived there maybe a year or two. And I have lived in Texas the rest of my life. So probably what, 16, 17 years of my life. And yeah. so that's crazy that I'm a military child that stayed in one place. But I'm very glad I have. <laughs> um, yeah. Just for the sake of moving and having to start over all the time and new schools, new friends, everything like that. I think that'd be super hard. And I think that's one of the hardest things I know a lot of kids that have to do, um, do. I think that's so difficult and like so hard. Right. That's one thing that we are, you know, very grateful for. We were a reserve family. So we were stationary in Ohio for, you know, I was, nine when I moved from Ohio. So I've lived in Ohio for nine years. I was born and raised there, like lived there. And then we moved to Texas for three years when he got hurt. And then we moved to Florida and I've been here ever since. I did seventh grade all the way to up to graduation and now into college in like the same states. Like you yeah. don't just do that as a military child. No, it's something that is very rare. <laughs> yeah. For sure. When you think of or when you talk to other military kids who have been, you know, in the same state for almost their whole life or, you know, in just a few states for almost their whole life, it's like, OK, what weird situation did you have happen? Mm -hmm. Like, were you did because there are some families that just stay, you know, buy a house and stay in the same place and just the. um the service member moves and the family mm -hmm. stays behind. Yeah. So, you know, having that situation where you're constantly with your family and not moving, it's 
not popular in the military at all. Yeah. <laughs> There's no reason to. Texas is just that awesome. Yeah. Yeah, you could have moved over to, like, Germany or, like, yeah. somewhere overseas, which yeah. I will say we are, like, I don't want to say bitter about it, but we're, like, you know, if this didn't happen, we could have ended up in, like, some really cool places. But yeah. Texas was our really, really cool place, and that's home, you know, in a sense now. But, yeah. you know, there are some points where it's like, okay, if this didn't happen, then there would have been some cooler things that could have happened, like going oh, for sure. living in an overseas place or, you know, Alaska, something like yeah. that. But having those friends and being in one environment for your whole life is something that is well exchangeable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it saves a lot of time not having to pack up the entire house. Oh my move, gosh. Unpack everything. And a year or two later, having to do it all again. All again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So kind of tell me a little bit about your sisters and what you, I don't want to say what you think about them, but their resiliency and what they've done. Um, yeah, so just, I mean, obviously, I feel like I've learned so much, like, from every single person in my family, so just them alone. Um, I think probably the biggest thing for me has been, like, seeing them be um, so successful in college, just knowing what they want to do. We literally found an NGS video from 10 years ago, I think, of them sitting in their kitchen, and or in our old kitchen, our old house. And they both said what they wanted to do, and they're both doing that exactly now. So, obviously, that's not the case for everyone where you go to college knowing exactly what you're going to do. You come out right. with that degree, and now you're working. But I think that is one of the coolest things for both of them is that they both have known what they wanted to do with their life. And it's, I think that relates more to me being inspired by, like, how passionate they are about things. And just clearly they've been passionate about that. Um, for years and years. So I think it's just really cool to see them like work so hard and then just be able to accomplish their like ultimate life goals. Yeah. That's not, again, that's something very rare of going into, you know, college with the same degree, coming out with the same degree and, you know, going to do a job that you thought of you know, basically in high school, you have to yeah. make that decision. You can't really, I mean, within high school and your freshman year of college, you have to have that decision made of what you want to do, your degree, you have Definitely. to, you know, have that all mm -hmm. set in stone. And then, you know, you still change it within the next couple of years. Yeah. You still have time to change. <laughs> you could go and get more degrees to change it if you have to. Um, but yeah, definitely just pushing through that and doing exactly what you want to do um, is very inspiring. And, you know, it's cool to look at back on those memories of, okay, years and years ago, you said you wanted to do this and now here you are. Mm -hmm. I think it's really awesome. It's so cool. 
So we are so thankful to have met you guys and to have known your family and even through NGS and getting to know you even more. So tell me to wrap this up. What's one thing that you would like to say to other military kids to give them advice or just encouragement? Okay. Um, So I would definitely say probably my greatest piece of advice. Um, I did kind of say it earlier, but kind of building on it, um, being happy in any circumstance you're in. I think that is 100% one of my keys to life because that like motto and living by that goes into so much more than just being a military child. That goes into every aspect of your life is being content where you are at and learning how to, instead of just dwelling on circumstances that you're in or situations you've been put in, um, learning how to like find joy in it, find the positivity in it. And I mean, while that obviously, like, I think I personally learned that from being part of a military child family and just the situation my dad went through that has, um, expanded into so many more aspects of my life, anything, school, work, sports, friendships, anything. Um, I think it's all been like, that's something that has completely influenced how I live and the way I have like lived my life from here on out pretty much. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's important. And like you said, not just in the military community, but outside as well. And you know, in just life in general. Definitely. So thank you so much for being on the podcast and sharing your journey and your story. And yeah, congratulations and you know, good luck to everything in the future. Awesome, you too. Thank you so much for having me on too. This was so fun. Yes, of course. Thank you all for listening to this week's episode of Grace of a Military Child podcast. If you enjoyed listening, don't forget to follow, like, share, subscribe, review, and comment. You can also follow us at Grace of a Military Child podcast on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram for more podcast-related content. If you or someone you know is a military child who would like to be featured on the podcast, please send us a message to one of our social media platforms or send us an email to grace.of.a.military.child at gmail.com. For more information on No Greater Sacrifice, you can go to nogreatersacrifice.org or send an email to info at Thank you and join us back next week for another inspiring story.